I'm so glad to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and Clark.com slash ask is where you go to post a question for me. You also can talk to a member of the Clark team for free, nine hours each weekday, It's a service of the Clark Howard Show for nearly 25 years to offer free off-the-air advice. And if you go to Clark.com and go kind of halfway down that main screen, you'll see the number to call in, the hours available for free off-the-air advice. Coming up in 20 minutes, there's a scam targeting Social Security recipients. I'm going to tell you how it works and how to avoid getting ripped off. And coming up in a half hour, with so many data hacks happening and ransomware on computers and all that, I want to give you a free to very low-cost way for you to back up everything on your computer automatically and never be subject to ransomware or if your computer just croaks on you knowing you have all your data automatically backed up. I want to talk right now, though, about something that has become an issue around the United States, and that is pedestrians getting killed or severely injured because they're so busy on their smartphone that they walk right into the path of a car or, in many cases, fall right off a curb because they're looking at that screen. And the cell phones we carry are so addictive, then we get so focused on them that we go into, like, our own little world. We don't see things around us, experience them, whatever. We are just focused on that phone. And that people are losing their lives In cars, you get that because you think about traveling in a car at 40 to 60 miles an hour, how much territory you cover in a split second. And if you're looking at that phone instead of looking at the road, we get that. Doesn't mean people don't text when they drive or look at their phone. And as my teenager said, Dad, teenagers don't text. They're using um, Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. She resents that. I call it texting. But the same idea, you're looking at your phone instead of looking at the road. And who would know, who would expect how much danger there would be for people on foot looking at their phones? So much to the point that in Hawaii, it will be illegal starting early fall For you to be looking at an electronic device while you're crossing a street. And you will be subject to fine. The fines range from $15 to $100 for looking at your phone while walking. I know that sounds weird, but was it it Philadelphia we talked about before where they had created a, a lane on a sidewalk for people that were looking at their phones 
to try to make a point. I feel like it was Philadelphia. I may have the wrong city. So just be aware you are a menace and a danger to yourself and the odds you can walk off a curb are great if you were too busy looking at that that phone of yours. And I, in bad weather, I walk and run on a track at an indoor track at my YMCA. Well, it's not my YMCA. It's the YMCA I go to in my neighborhood. And I will, when I'm walking, I'm reading on my phone. And there's a rail there. And so I always keep one hand on the rail so I don't lose track of where I am and walk into somebody's space. And it is true, as Philadelphia, they did it as an April Fool's Day prank to try to make the point about people looking at their phones instead of looking where they're walking. And they painted a cell phone sidewalk to try to make the point to look where you're going. And so you see, I'm admitting I'm as addicted to every, as everybody else. I just try to do it in a safer way. Am I fooling myself? Rhett is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Rhett. Hey, how you doing? Great, thank you, Rhett. You got some things you got to take care of in your life. Tell me what. Well, I recently bought the home I grew up in after my parents passed away. And oh, I'm sorry you lost your parents. Ah, uh, well, it happens to the best of us. But thank you. Um, so the home is about 60 years old. And I've been slowly updating and remodeling, but I finally got into the kitchen. And after I've got it torn apart with the electrical and plumbing and other things, I'm looking about close to $30,000 in repairs, bringing it up to date. <laughs> wow. So I'm, so I'm kind of curious um, what my best option is. I'm in a, I originally took out a 30-year loan on the home, and I'm thinking about refinancing down to either a 15 or 20 just to pay it off faster, but... I have four options, really, for coming up with the repair costs, most of which I'm doing myself, along with a little professional help here and there, but that's about what it's going to come out to. Well, I'm very impressed that you can redo a kitchen mostly by yourself, because I only know how to go to the refrigerator and pull food out of it in a kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about one step past that. That's it. No, it sounds like you're way past that doing your own renovation. So what are the what are the choices you feel like you have to pay the thirty thousand? Well, um, my credit's really really good, so I was either thinking about potentially getting a couple of credit cards with a zero percent interest for eighteen months or whatever, paying on those until the eighteen months is up, and then rolling it over to another zero percent until it's paid off, taking a loan out against my TSP retirement. It's a five-year fixed loan. Payments come out automatically. I don't even see it, really. Um, other option would be to, when I, if I refinance my home to a 15-year loan, roll the costs into that, or a home equity line of credit. So there would be a fifth choice, which is a home equity loan. Uh-huh. A home equity loan has a fixed rate. How many years do you think it would take you? I mean, if you're already thinking of going from a 30 to a 15, I gather you're very good with how you handle your money. How many years... I've to you for a long time. <laughs> well, well, but the credit goes to you for, for how you handle your money. 
So how many years do you think it would take you to come up with the thirty grand that you would borrow? Um, if I was honestly trying very hard to save, it would probably be about three and a half years. Okay, so if you did a five-year home equity loan, those carry attractive rates, not as cheap as your mortgage, but we're not talking about a big balance versus what a mortgage typically is. And if you extinguish it on a five-year schedule that you could, if you wished, if you had extra money pay off earlier, that seems to be the cleanest. Because okay. uh, are you a member of a credit union? Oh, yes. Okay, so credit unions do a big business in five-year home equity loans and offer usually very attractive rates on those. Okay. See, if you do a home equity line, the rate's going to float, and even the opening rate will be close to what you'd pay on a home equity loan. If you do the credit cards, you're hoping that a year and a half in, you'll be able to do a balance transfer to another 0%, and that may not exist at that time, as interest rates in the general economy rise. Mm-hmm. Borrowing from the TSP I wouldn't do because you have the lowest cost retirement plan in America. And letting that continue to do its work I think is great. You have to pay interest to borrow from the TSP. You might as well do a very low rate interest rate home equity loan. Okay. And it's a common credit union product. I think it would be perfect for this situation kathy's with us on the clark howard show hello kathy hi clark how's it going my call sure it's going great so you're looking at buying a new car new to you are you buying new or used i am buying a new car okay thinking about buying a new car and i'm wondering what taking out a new car loan is going to do to my credit score. Well, taking out a car loan will, if anything, over time, as long as you make your payments on time, will potentially boost your credit score. Oh, well, that's good. Now, you may not need a booster to your credit score, though. Tell me what you have right now that you have as active credit. Do you have a mortgage? Oh, yeah, I have a mortgage. Do you have credit cards? I have four major credit cards and four store credit cards. Okay, I despise the store cards, but that's a question for another time. So if you've got already the existing mortgage and the four major credit cards, you've got a great credit portfolio. Having the additional type of credit, having the car loan is not that important. How would you pay for the new car if you didn't take out a car loan? Well, I probably wouldn't. The car loan, um, they're offering 0%. So I'm wondering if that is truly 0% if there's a trick to that. There is a trick to it. And the trick Uh is that when you're offered 0% financing, it means that it's an either-or. You can either get a 0% loan or you can get an additional discount on the purchase of the vehicle. Yes. So, So, yeah. So otherwise, I would take a loan out from my credit union at 1.99%. I prefer that. 
Okay. I prefer that because usually if you can borrow money at 1.99%, the cash back you would get as an alternative to taking the 0% will usually okay. get you a better overall deal over the life of the loan. Okay. Now, you can easily run the numbers because if the car is, let's say, $1,500 cheaper, not taking the 0% financing, then you're able very easily, whatever that number is, to calculate what your total cost would be over the life of the loan comparing the 0% to 1.99. But because the credit unions write loans at such a low interest rate, it's really hard to beat the credit union loans. So I would say, oh, not always, but most of the time, you're better off saying no to the 0%, take the lower price, get the credit union loan. Today's Clark Regis moment is a special, very important warning for anyone in America who either takes Social Security or has family members that are Social Security recipients. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. This is a special Fraud Watch alert, and I want to commend the people who do the Fraud Watch, uh, fraud watch alert for getting this out as quickly as they could. But there is a scam operating around the country where, and I don't know how they have lists of Social Security recipients, but the con artists call and pretend to be calling from Social Security. Now, we're moving into the time of the year where the COLA happens. The increase in Social Security benefits is established for the following year. And so people are receiving phone calls. It's a very timely scam. Receiving phone calls that the increase is coming, but that they need to verify your Social Security information in order to update so you get the increase. You don't have to do anything to get the increase. So here's what the scammers get. They're trying to get any of the following information. Your Social Security number is the prize. And any way they can get that, they're going to be after your date of birth, um, any information they can get about family background. And what they do is they use the information to change the direct deposit for your Social Security benefits. Because, you know, Social Security benefits, we call it a check, but they are direct deposited into your account. So what they do is they change the direct deposit information to an account that's theirs, they swipe the money, and then you have to start contacting Social Security. What's wrong? What's wrong? I didn't get my Social Security money this month. And you've got to unwind that, and you may not, you may have difficulty ever getting back the money that was swiped by the crook who changed the direct deposit information. So never, never, ever, Social Security wants you to know, never provide that information to somebody over the phone. If you're ever needing to talk with Social Security, you call them. You talk to them. You do not talk to somebody who calls you pretending to be from them. 
Betty wrote in, she said, recently I was listening to your podcast. A lady called and talked to you about the expense of hearing aids. You gave a website, but I can't remember it. Could you mention that website again? Yes, IHearMedical.com. I hear, H-E-A-R, medical.com. They sell hearing aids for $300 an ear right now. These are actual FDA-approved hearing aids. And they have a procedure to do the test for you as well. So check it out. I have a relative who bought the I hear product but has not given me a report yet on how well it works or not. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website. Clarkdeals.com is where you go to save money on stuff you want to buy. We find the best deals for you. Here's a deal. So ransomware is such a problem across the United States and actually around the world. It's where you end up with a virus on your computer that locks it down. And then the criminals ransom your computer data back to you. Don't ever give them that power. You want to back up your data, back it up automatically, and if criminals destroy what's on your computer, your access to it, fine. Tell them to have a nice life and just reset your computer back to factory settings or whatever, however you would do it. Or if your computer is one you just have to kick to the curb, do it. But preserve your data at your business or your home. One of the easiest ways to do so is with an external hard drive that automatically backs up your data every night. Those have gotten to be so cheap, it's amazing. They were so expensive years ago. Now we're talking about a basic one for like $59. Or you can do a backup in the cloud, or you can do both. It's a backup in the cloud, you might ask. That's where... You use one of these services that each night backs up all the data on your computer automatically. And so you have your stuff. Let's say it doesn't have to be a ransomware artist who holds you hostage. It could be your computer just croaks, right? But you got everything backed up. So the people at Google, because of all the problems going on with ransomware, now make basic cloud storage free. New offer, free. Their cloud thing is called Google Drive. So you have this folder that it saves your stuff. And if you're a typical computer user, you'll have a small enough amount of data that you won't pay for Google to be your backup with Google Drive. But if you have a lot of stuff on your computer, it'll cost you $20 a year. And for a business that tends to have a lot, a lot of stuff, it costs a business typically $100 a year. $8 a month to make sure that nobody can hold your business hostage. 
a dollar fifty a month, pretty much max, for a consumer to know that nobody can hold you hostage. But for most consumers, zero a month with Google Drive. Now, again, I think the best strategy, if you're using a Windows computer or a Mac, I use only Chromebook, so this isn't an issue for me. My stuff's automatically backed up. But anyway, if you're using a Windows computer or a MacBook, using both, using an external hard drive to back up your data automatically every night and using Google Drive in combination... I think is the smartest way to protect yourself. Pat is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Pat. Hi there, Clark. Thank you so much for taking my call, and thank you for all the education that you give us. Well, you are kind to say that. I hope you're having a wonderful day. It's a good day. It is a good day. Good. How can I serve you, Pat? I hear that uh, we're supposed to, or you should, go out and get quotes on your car insurance and your homeowner's insurance. I have both of those combined. But what I have run into is that when my car insurance and homeowner's insurance was up for renewal, which was in March, I it was just too crazy busy for me to take the time to call around and get quotes. Is there an issue or a problem if I go out and get quotes now, find out that I am paying too much, and switch in the, with, switch to a different insurance company mid-year? So generally, with even if people pay monthly, with most insurers, you're paying on a cycle that's based on a six-month cycle. So if, if you were to shop before, you said March, that would be September... If you were to right. shop now, I mean, there's not a, enough time left in the quarter that I would fret about. I mean, in the six-month cycle, I would worry about that. Okay. Some insurers yeah. very heavily front-load the premium at the beginning of the six-month cycle so that if you do switch within a six-month cycle, they keep most of that money. But that tells you everything you need to know about the ethics of that insurer. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I w- I'd say when you've got the time... That's when you should shop. This is a good window for you to shop. Okay, good. All right, good. And make sure you have your policy coverages handy so that you're comparing apples to apples with different companies. Right, right. I got that. I've listened to you, and I'm, that's what I'm studying to do, but I wasn't sure if there was anything that would be negative towards me or my credit that would uh, I would, you know have if I do it six months in. No, no problem at all. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. I hope you find a deal. I hope so, too. Take care. And Vicki, you want to talk about auto insurance, and I'm really sorry you were in an auto accident. Was it a minor one or a major one? Well, we all walked away just fine. Nobody was injured. Good. But, yes, and... um, my automobile, however, was totaled, and uh, the other driver was at fault, turning in front of me. And um, the problem I've encountered is that I was driving, and, and the other car was not totaled, but mine mine was. I was driving a 2017 Toyota Prius Prime, 
a plug-in, an electric oh, and really? gasoline. Yes, yes, having so much fun driving this car. Well, and, let me explain um, what this is because it's the future of how so many cars are going to work in the United States is that uh, there's going to be a transition period that will probably last somewhere 10 to 15 years where people will have cars that are a combination of an electric car and a gasoline car in one, and people will plug them in, but they also can be filled with gasoline. And so most days you'd run it as only an electric car, but if you needed to take a longer trip or do more driving on a day, it automatically converts to a gasoline car, and that's what you have in the Prius Prime. Or had yes. in a Prius Prime. Yes. And when I bought it six months ago, it was the last, so I was told, the last one in the southeast for purchase. So um, I felt very fortunate to be able to buy it. I was one of the Volkswagen buyouts and had to buy out something. And so I, I bought a Prius Prime. And so um, I cannot buy a replacement car without ordering a Toyota Prius Prime plug-in, and the minimum amount of time for the order to be filled is three months, with no guarantee that it will arrive in three months. So um, I've made the case that to my insurance company that I really don't want to buy a car that I don't want to buy, and I don't want to... Uh, rent a car and um, incur the financial um, loss, essentially, of renting a car until the replacement comes in. And so what I am hearing from the insurance company is that they just will not agree to a rental car until the car I order to replace the one I lost comes in. Right, and they are not under an obligation to do that, even though if you think about the bigger picture, they're not making you whole because you have this particular make and model that you love, and it's just flat out not available near where you live. Anywhere in the United States that I'm aware of. Um, As far as I know, they're available in California, and are even being somewhat discounted in California. And ah. I may be wrong on that, but if it is true, you you could potentially either use as an opportunity for a, a sightseeing trip you didn't intend on, or yes. you could pay to have it shipped to you from the West Coast or potentially the Northeast. The Prius Prime has never been made widely available in the Midwest or the Southeast United States. It's been heavily in the Northeast and on the West Coast, from Washington, Oregon, and California. I checked with multiple dealerships and asked them if there's one they can find for me anywhere, and they've all told me the same story, that a three-month minimum for... Um, an order being placed and the car being shipped from Japan Okay, the only um, way for me to... Mm-hmm. They may be telling the truth, but I'd like you okay. to verify independently. And this is what I would okay. do. You, you can very easily figure out zip codes like for uh, Los Angeles metro area, you just do Beverly Hills. I mean, start at the top. 90210 okay. 
Uh, All right. Find a zip code up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. Uh, find one in the New York metro area, Washington, D.C. metro area, um, and go to go to look at dealer inventories real time in those parts of the country. Okay. You know how you can go see dealers show now yes. what vehicles they have in stock? Mm-hmm. Yes. And if if that's not if you if it really is true you can't put your hands on one what the insurer has told you is accurate okay and you are inconvenienced and you're in a position where either at your own expense you drive something else for that period of time you know borrow a car from a relative or whatever or you have to buy something else and give up your beloved uh, Prius Prime for now yes well, that's exactly what I've done. I've borrowed a car from a relative. I'm driving a 10-year-plus car that works just great. No complaints at all. It's just that I can't borrow it forever from them. Oh, they <laughs> they have so a busy I, life. They won't notice that you've kept the car three months. <laughs> you can even pay them. I mean, pay them some money for the time period you're using it. I mean, you're being creative and that's how you're going to be able to get in another Prius Prime. The best news, of course, though, is no one was hurt in the accident. Tom is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Tom. Hey, Clark. It's an honor to speak with you. Well, great to have you here. You have a question that I'm asked with more and more frequency lately, a question about burglar alarms. I do. And before I get to that, I... I should point out that I took the call from your producer, Kim, and I almost didn't answer the phone because I, I wanted to um, comply with the Clark Howard rule, never answering a phone call from a, uh, someone you don't know because your phone came up as no caller ID. <laughs> really? And you answered it? Have <laughs> we taught anyway. you nothing here, Tom? <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Clark. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm glad, um, pleasure to be on the show. And, yeah, my question is, I have a very, um, I guess, well-designed and, uh, and architected uh, security system in my home. I'm the second owner of the home. So it has a lot of the bells and whistles, you know, glass breakage. All the doors and windows are armed, uh, multiple motion detectors. So there's been a pretty significant outlay in terms of the hardware that's already in the house. But I do pay over six hundred dollars per year for uh, monitoring. What? Under- what? Yeah. What? I kn- what? I know. This what? is what I'm calling. <laughs> That's the highest price I've ever heard. So this is why I'm. <laughs> this is this is why I'm calling, Clark. I mean, I'm not under a contract. I could walk from the current monitoring service that i i currently have you will find have- routinely around the country non-contract monitoring uh in the range of 10 to 20 dollars a month okay and if so- you were to do this if you google security system monitoring and you can even put in next to it uh your hometown or state it'll show you all the choices that are available I just did that right now. Here's one, $8.95 a month. Here's another $16.95 a month, another so $8, another $19.99. Here's one, $14.95. I, I did that, Clark, but some of those sites look kind of fishy. Um, and, I, and then I saw some of, when I went into some of the reviews for some of the vendors, you know, I saw some 
pretty suspicious reviews. Like, Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Let me tell you the key thing to look for, and you're doing the right research, is that they are UL-approved monitoring stations. UL approved. And if they're non-contract, UL has, Underwriters Laboratories, has a, a code of what they expect and how monitoring is done. And if one's UL approved, it should be fine. But if they're not and you're not in a contract and they are not doing a good job, you just dump them and go to somebody else, but definitely not $50 a month. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com, and then producer Joel asks it for you. Joel, who do you have a question from? Clark got a question from Dan. He says, is there a formula to show me how much money I'll need in retirement? So there is a formula, and I'll give it to you the simplest way possible, and then we'll work our way back. Generally, you need 25 times what you'll need to spend in a year. And that can be a scary number, but whatever it is you need for your investments to throw off, for the money you've saved to provide for you, whatever that is of spending you need per year in retirement, multiply by 25, that's the safest number to know you'll never outlive your money. And Joel, do we have time for one more? Yeah, we sure do, Clark. Tom says, what's the common length of time a bankruptcy is listed on a credit report? So a Chapter 7 is listed 13 years. A Chapter 13 is normally reflected for seven years. And Chapter 7 is where you set aside all your debts, clean slate bankruptcy. Chapter 13 is where you do a payment plan. So it does hang around for a good long while. And I think I said the wrong thing. Chapter 7 is 10 years. I think I said 13. I meant to say 10. So sorry for that. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off air for free, nine hours a day, If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center, and you can get that free off-the-air advice.